0: Hey, you're listening to Chew On That, and here's what we're chewing on today.
1: You'll still get the perspective of of what it would be like for, for me to have lived in this place. What I wanna do is I wanna close the proximity between the stories that I've told and the story that I lived. I think anytime you close the proximity between two people, it makes the whole thing more personal. And so what I wanna do is I wanna just take you on a little tour of what my whole world was for, For I lived in this house until I went to college. And so I wanna take you on just a little journey and show you what the formative years of my life were like.
0: Welcome to Chew on That. My name is Pastor Scott. I'm a pastor on staff here at Life Church in Green Bay, actually the downtown pastor. And joining me today is my friend Tia Sermon. She's here for the first time. Say hi, Tia. Good
2: morning. Good afternoon.
0: So so, so excited. Thank you. Yeah, it is afternoon, isn't it? Yes. Um, uh, To talk about this most recent uh, message from Sean. Actually, it's a replay Mm -hmm. uh, from a couple of years ago when he went back home to Detroit. Actually, Windsor. I think he's from Windsor, uh, Ontario, which is just across the border uh, from Detroit into Canada. But anyway, uh, where he just, he talks about, Like where he came from, and like under this idea of like come and see, and Mm -hmm. what can come out of what might be or what what might look like bad place, and so I love the message that came through, which we're going to talk all about that. But I know there's a lot of people maybe that are listening that maybe not. They don't know you, and so maybe you could just tell us a little bit about you.
2: Absolutely. So I'm Tia Sermons. I live here in uh, Green Bay, actually, in Hobart, and I am a mother. I have an 11-year-old son. He'll be 11 tomorrow, and I'm married for 17 years. Just celebrated our 17th year anniversary, Mm. and let's see. Um, I've worked in human resources for many, many years, Uh, probably longer than I want to say. I'm originally from Ohio, so go Buckeyes. Oh, (laughs) boo. Ooh, yeah, this I know. Is <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> A big time Buckeye fan, That's and cool. um, let's see. Grew up outside of Cleveland, Ohio, and Akron, Ohio area. Oh, no kidding. So, home of LeBron James, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> and let's see, I. Lived a couple of different places traveling with my supporting my husband's career, so I've been the trailing spouse. But um Is your
0: husband from Ohio as well? No, he's from New Jersey. Gotcha. Well, how did you guys meet?
2: We met in Ohio um, when he was coaching at Kent State University, gotcha. which is where I went to grad school at. So oh, I see. Yeah.
0: So you're like, mm, who's that? <laughs> boy, <if> <laughs> stuff, that's yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so, but that was seventeen years ago. Yeah.
2: Can you like, believe that? Gracious? Well, yeah. Man. 17 years ago. and time
0: flies, doesn't it? Yeah,
2: it really does. So you got to enjoy every moment yeah, of it, really. that's the truth. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah.
0: Okay, well,
1: listen, uh, thanks for being here. Let's just jump right in. We'll listen to Sean's first message. Sure. And so it was a world apart, but it was a seed. This neighborhood was a seed that was sown into my life that could have destroyed me or could have discouraged me. But instead, I determined I would become more.
0: Yeah, I love that because I feel like our lives are like a bunch of intersections. Like, not like an intersection where there's four corners, but just like two corners. Like, a a T Mm -hmm. intersection. Like, we get to this place where we've either got to go right or we've got to go left. Mm -hmm. Like, our whole life is just made up of left or right decisions. Yeah. And so, when we can decide which way that we go. And so, I love this notion where Sean talks about you know, coming up the way that he came up, like there was one of two ways that he could go and he could, you know, just go with the flow maybe because he, in that, and later in the video, I don't know if we're going to listen to it, but he talks about how apart from him and his family, he thinks pretty much all of his friends are either dead or locked up. And so like he could either go on with that flow or gone against that current. And like, I feel like our lives are just, you know, made up of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Do you find that to be true too?
2: I do. Um, you know, every day we're confronted with choice and God gives us grace mm. um, every day. So his mercies are new every morning. And yeah. I really truly believe that. I mean, none of us are walking in perfection, of course. We've all probably had woulda, shoulda, coulda moments. Yeah. And if we could go back and change the hands at times, which is why I probably give my son a little too much wisdom now, because <laughs> I've been it there, just, done that. Yeah. But, um, you know, I do think about, You know, you can make these, you can make good decisions daily or you can make, you know, ungodly decisions. And so we're always trying to think about how do I get better every day? And that's only through walking it out, in my opinion, of course. And I'm a very faith-filled person. Yeah. Yeah is that you know i have to ask for god's guidance and help every single day um and that could be a variety of things from looking at communication to how i interact with different people um just the diversity of thought from region to region and then also just really understanding you know how can i make the world better every single day yeah
0: i love that yeah. Did you were you raised
2: in church I was, yeah, in a, a Baptist, then sanctified church in Akron, Ohio. we so. say that second part? A Baptist what? Baptist, and then it, we went to sanctified church. I so don't even know what that yeah. Is. <laughs> you know, every sector under the Christianity yeah. umbrella has something a little bit different, but it's, you know, kind of a modern day um, Baptist, but gotcha. traditional Baptist roots. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I feel like if we, you know, if we get to those intersections <laughs> where we've got to, you know, go one way or another, and we try to, we try to think that we're going in the godly way. Mm-hmm. Like <clears throat> I feel like, cause at first you talked about God's grace and I feel like even if we think that we're doing the right thing and it turns out we get like three or four steps down the wrong way. Yeah. I feel like you know, it's not like, it's not like we have to stay in that direction. Like we can always, we can always turn back. Like that's the, like the very definition of repentance, right? Is it like turn around and go the other way? Mm-hmm. And so like, I feel like, you know, that could be like part of our prayer constantly. Like, I, I feel like you're. I feel like this is the way I'm supposed to go, but make sure that you, you know, God, just tell me, like, show me if this isn't the way I'm supposed to go. So, I mean, I'm going to stay in tune to you or I'm going to stay in tune to what you want so I know that I'm following in your path, you know?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, every morning, and again, none of us are perfect, so we all are a work in progress, right? Yeah. But, you know, every morning I'm always asking God, you know, order my steps just order my steps, which orders my body, which orders my mouth, which orders my mind. And that's just some of that time that I spend alone um, in prayer time with God in the morning, just so I can make sure I'm saying the right things, I'm connecting with people in the right way. But most importantly, I think it's just being a good listener Mm. and being a good understander of people because there's so much going on in our world and you just don't know what everyone is carrying on their shoulders. That's the truth. And not everything is visible, right? A lot of things are mental and people are struggling a lot in a lot of different ways. So I think if you give them a lot of space and grace and just say, hey, you know, if I were in that situation, how would I respond versus, you know, judging and condemning? We try our hardest not to do that, but to really just try to understand that by the grace of God, there go I. So um, really helping. To forge a path forward every day that says, you know, did I return home with honor today, Lord? Mm. When I say my my prayers at night, yeah. Um, Did I return home with honor here? Did I honor you in the way in which you would like me to live and represent you on this Jesus journey? Um, Did I say anything that needs correcting? Did I treat anyone in you know incorrectly? Because sometimes we're going so busy and we've got so much going throughout our days that. We can unintentionally hurt someone or unintentionally say something that may not be as welcoming and friendly. So yeah. um, I think it's important that we always ask for grace for ourselves at the end of the day as well.
0: Yeah, I love that you drew that <laughs> distinction because sometimes we can see what's wrong with people or how people are hurting, mm-hmm. but most of the times we can't. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like. You know there's there's been a number of times where i feel like if 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 i looked on the outside because like if you're at the store or something and you see someone has like a broken leg or someone's like old or something and so you're like oh my gosh I'm, let me get that for you or let me do this for you right because i mean it's clearly you can see that they have a broken leg or a broken arm or mm-hmm. they need a mm-hmm. chair or whatever right but sometimes like we're hurting emotionally right mm-hmm. or spiritually and so sometimes i feel like if I looked on the outside, like I feel on the inside, I'd be like walking around like a, like a full body cast with my head bandaged <laughs> up, you know, my arm in a sling. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I feel like that's how I would look if you could see sometimes. And so who even knows when you're at the Walmart or you're at Target or you're at the grocery store and you're just like going to try to snap at, you know, a, a cash register person or, you know, like you'd be mad at the door attendant for telling you to put your mask on. Right. right? Like, listen, you have no idea where this person's at and like. Right. Gosh, life isn't just about you. No. Jesus tells us that it's about everybody else. Yeah, there's others
2: involved. That's for sure. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, absolutely.
1: A house that we had planned on shooting this video. And yet 72 hours ago, we found out it had been torn to the ground. And when we learned that, I was so bummed. In fact, I was so bummed that I reacted in a negative fashion. I reacted negatively to Isaiah and to Aubrey and to Sonny, I talked to them with frustration in my voice and impatience in my voice. And and I started to act like someone I was not.
0: Yeah, I love this. There was this uh, poem by Robert Burns um, called To a Mouse. And one of the quotes from that is, the best laid schemes or plans of mice and men often go awry, right? And um, like, I feel like, and there's another one. I don't know who said it. Something about like men plan and God laughs or something like that. It's yeah. like we've got these designs and we think it's going to unfold exactly the way that we want. Right. But then God's like, well, I mean, this is, in fact, how I need it to go. Right. right? Yeah. It doesn't, here's here's even, the real plan. Right, yeah. And <laughs> even, if, even if we feel like we're godly or walking with God, sometimes our plans aren't God's plans. Absolutely. And so and what and I feel like the Jesus journey is being able to like accept that. So when Sean talks about how they went to this house, they were going to film in front of the house, but now the house is being torn down. What yeah. like, oh, crap? I can't believe. Raw, raw, raw. Right? So mm-hmm. and Sonny and Isaiah and Aubrey or whatever. and I, Like, I do that all the time. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not mad at the people I'm showing madness towards. Yeah. I'm mad at, like, the circumstances, and they've got nothing to do with it. But, mm-hmm. I mean, they're the nearest, closest, you know, like yeah. Sean says, collateral damage. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. And, and, you know, like, I... This is one part of my life that I wish I could make better. I wish I could make better this idea that if things don't go the way that I want them to go, not that I want them to go like, like against God, but like, I'm like, you know, with my church downtown or with my business or with whatever, like, I'm like, I feel like you've anointed this. So like, this is the way it should go. And God's like, well, actually, I want it to go this way. Yeah. And not to get upset. I mean, is that, I mean, do you run into that like in like how you operate?
2: Well, of course. I mean, I think we all want things right now. I mean, of course, we all know we're in this popcorn generation, this microwave society where we want it right now. And, you know, why did I work so hard to get my education and to not get the job that I wanted? Or why did, you know, I do this and this relationship didn't work out or this person walked out of my life. You know, there's so many things that we want instant gratification and it doesn't happen exactly. Uh, So yeah, you take it out on those around you unintentionally. And I, I mean, I wish somebody could say, you know, here's here's how I'm feeling today. Of course, no one does this, right? right. <laughs> here's how I'm feeling today. Here's where I'm hurting. Here's where I'm struggling, and here's why I'm acting reacting this way. And then that just opens up the table to say, yeah, now I understand your vulnerability and why you feel this way. Um, so maybe now I can approach you differently. Versus, I'm just angry. I'm mad. I'm coming off as a tyrant, and no one understands all these emotions and feelings that are going on inside your head. Right. So they're just reacting to that. That, um, But as we know, on our Jesus journey, it's really important that we um, be followers of Christ. And again, just give someone the space and say, hey, are you having a moment? Can I stop and pray with you? I'm, I mean, I think about this time at a restaurant here um, in Green Bay. There was a waitress who was just really having a really bad day. And people were upset. They were actually getting up, walking out, not mm-hmm. leaving a tip. And I thought, no, I want to be the person that goes and prays with her. Because yeah. who knows? I mean, maybe she's getting eviction from her apartment or her house. Maybe a relationship just ended. Maybe something just major happened and she brings all of that into work. And of course, now it's taken it out on her customers, which as we know, that's the wrong thing to do. Yeah. That'll yeah. get you written up real quickly, right? Yeah. And people are like, you know, well the group I was with was, well, you know, she should probably be checking some of that at the door. And I'm thinking, no, oh, we, we should give her a little space and give yeah. her some grace and see, so, you know, hey, I, I see you're having a moment, how can I help you? Um, And that's what I did. I just said when she came Mm. back around, I said, you know, how can I help? I said, because I've had a job like this before where everything has gone wrong all day long from the day you walk in. How can I help? Because I'm not trying to add to your burdens. And she's like, I just would really like if you all, you need something, if you need refills, need water, just tell me right now so then I can go ahead and go get those and then attain to other people. And I thought that's small. I mean, that's so small versus sending her back and forth and back and forth. I mean, that's just so small. So, I mean, I think about those little interactions in life and think, man, if I see someone act out in a way in which that looks undesirable or not of their character, I'll just stop and say, "Can can I help you in any way? Is there anything that I can do to make this better? And it just stops the moment from me reacting to them. Yeah, And um, it brings the two of us together in a way in which says, you know, check your emotions and check your your space where you're at, check your head where you're at right now and let's figure this out together. Um, Because people can attack in the wrong way.
0: And I love that. I feel like, yes, and. Like, I wonder if like the last
2: place that we do that
0: is in our own homes. Mm-hmm. Like the last place that we extend grace or say, "Hey, how are we you know, what's going on right now?" Like I know it's not about the spilled milk or I know it's yeah. not about like the, you know, bounced check or it's not about like the lawn not being mowed. Like what's really happening? Because like I can see it. That it's it's not about that. It's about something else. Let's talk about mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. You know, and we we never do that. No. Like we always like if someone like reacts that way to us then we do our own reacting because we've got our own baggage and our own, you know, crud that we're carrying along with us and then that's that's how those fights, you know, that yeah. you know, and then when you know, if it's that continuously, then those just build on one another. Yeah. And then like you never get your way back. Right. And so you said something in the last segment, you talked about how I wish I could just leave the house with a sign on that says this is the this is what's happening with me right now, this is yeah. the mood that I'm in or this is the you know, what I'm dealing with right now. So just like, you know, stay back 10 feet or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I love that. But I also love it for like what we can assume of the people that are around us. I on, Yesterday, um, my wife and I were talking about uh, finishing our basement, and she had asked about putting an egress window in the basement mm. to make I don't know something like the value of the house goes up because now that's an actual room, yeah. blah blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so um, I said, actually, I like that idea because I actually like to put the, my office down there because I know that you don't know, like my clutter that's upstairs. <laughs> and then like that, like set her off, right? And then rather than saying, hey, wing, let's let's talk about that a second because I didn't mean for, yeah, it, right. But then I let her explosion like light my wick. Right or is that what it's called? Fuse, like yeah. my fuse. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I blow up, and now like what do you? Like, yeah, you're just we Went reacting. from talking about an one window to like not talking at all.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And there was a time in my marriage where I would just, all right, fine, right? Uh, we don't even allow that word in our yeah. house. Fine, that's right. not allowed in our mm-hmm. house. And so, um, but there was a time where I would just, all right, and then we would just be mad for like three days. You know, I'd sleep on the couch. Right? She wouldn't talk to me, and like, boy. That's not a Jesus house. No. You know, like, no. and so, like, if there's something happening at home, like, care enough to say, "Hey, honey, what's up?" Yeah. You know, like, what can I? What's happening right? Like you said, with the waitress, what's happening right now in your head or your life that I can help you with? Yeah. You know, do and you and need I'm, to say something? Yeah.
2: And I'm very determined never to let. It's intentional never to let the sun go down on my anger. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, it takes work Uh, because if you get up in the morning and you're already angry at something, you know, you got all day, you got to now talk it through, work it out. But, um, you know, I am intentional about never, it's going to be a peaceful home when we go to sleep um, because that's, you know, how you start your next day as well. So for us, I mean, we just try our hardest to really try to work through and talk things out. And it's not perfect. None of it's perfect. And we are still working on issues through today, you know, but, um, you know, as long as we're having an ongoing dialogue and, you know, if I see anger pop up, I'm like, okay, wait, time out. We're Satan. Cause Satan's around here somewhere yeah. in the middle of something, doing something to someone. So what's going on? You either right. need a nap or you need to take a crap. I don't know yep. what it is.
0: <laughs> <That's awesome>.
2: Yes. <laughs> Something's going on. Um, so We just stop and we try to stop it in the moment because, gosh, Satan just really loves to divide us all. Yeah,
0: and that's how he operates. Like, he can't do anything physically to us. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think Satan brings sickness or Satan doesn't bring damage. Mm -mm. But what he does is he, like, lies to us. Yeah. You know, and creates this narrative in our head that we believe about ourselves or we'll believe about the people that we love. And then that's where, you know, we get into trouble. And so, yeah, I love this idea of, not letting it get
1: carried away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah good.
2: stopping it in a moment. Yeah, so good. Good.
1: You know, once we got here today, what I realized is there's two things that jump out about this shot that you're going to see about our house. Number one is that even though they torn down the walls, one thing still remains, and that's the foundation. The foundation that that house was built upon is still in that soil. And number two is that as you can see behind us, there's a crew and they're rebuilding that house. They're taking something that was old and something that was damaged and something that should have been condemned a long time ago. And they're building something new. You know, Sean's such a clever
0: speaker. So he talks about how, you know, there's something, you know, that was old or broken, but then he like, you know, you know, you and he says something that should have been condemned a long time ago and I feel like for many of us we live in that. We live in that as though there's like one of those I don't know maybe you don't know but like you know sometimes like when a house is so bad right like the county or somebody comes in and puts like a big flyer on the window like this building is condemned stay out Mm -hmm. you know it's going to fall on top of you and some of us I feel like walk around that way. Mm -hmm. We walk around condemned that way it's like there's a you know, neon pink sticker on our chest Mm -hmm. that says condemn, stay away. This thing's going to fall apart right on top of you. And, but famously, you know, the Bible says that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yeah. You know, so we don't have this neon pink condemned thing. So we should stop walking around like it is part of our story.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: You know, that, that even though like, I feel like our, even though sometimes our lives like we talked about earlier, can like fall into disrepair or disarray
2: mm-hmm.
0: or just something else. As a pastor, I feel like I should always use three things that start <laughs> with the same beginning. But like, I feel like, you know, we feel like that's like a permanent, that's the permanent state. And it doesn't have to be that way. But like you can tear it down to the studs, right? Tear it down to the foundation and say, let's rebuild from here. And then you have to decide like that was in the discussion questions for this weekend. Yeah. You know what, what is your foundation that you could like, you could always, even if the wind took it away or the sea took it away or rot took it away. What, if it got down to the studs or got down to the foundation, what does that foundation look like? Or what is that foundation that you could rebuild on, mm-hmm. you know? And boy, if, if it doesn't start with faith, right. If it doesn't start with Jesus Christ, then I, you know, It's still on sandy ground.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think about that, you know, a lot, especially as I'm trying to give godly counsel to my my son. And I'm always telling him, you have to have a firm foundation. You cannot waver. I mean, you are going to come across, because I expect him to, you know, travel and see the world and come across differences of types of people and everything. And there's going to be someone somewhere, someday, and it's already happened, Unbeknownst to me, came through a YouTube video Mm. that kind of challenged him in his faith. And I said, So you've got to, I mean, it's got to be down here in your gut that you cannot be wavery. You cannot be unshakable. You've got to know who you are, everything that, you know, Pastor Lori and Pastor Brady here have taught you over the years. That's when it's time for it to flourish in you because you're going to be challenged. I was challenged um, on my my foundation of faith, and I mean, it usually happens in college, but now it seems like it's happening a lot yeah. earlier in yeah. life. And when that those, I mean, those seeds that you plant, those roots that you take in you, when they come alive in you, you just really have to know that God is bringing you from here to here from glory to glory I just always have said it just goes from glory to glory because during this journey you're going to be your foundation will be rocked and it will be shaken Um, so you have to always have those gosh those those guards on your eyes and your mouth and your ears. I mean, man, (laughs) just really understand. It's funny
0: because my son (laughs) and I are uh, working today together uh, cleaning trash bins Mm -hmm. and I don't even know how the topic came up. And he said, hey, uh, if I get hurt, can I swear then? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, no, you can't. He said, but I feel like when you hurt yourself, sometimes you swear. I'm like, no, I want you to be better than me. Yeah. I want you to be as good as me. I want you to be better than me. Yeah. And so I felt good about that. Like, I made that face that you just made. But then mm-hmm. I thought, boy, is that, am I putting too much on him? You know what I mean? Like, am I, like, you have to be better than your dad. And what if he thinks like, oh, my gosh, but what if, you know? Anyway, it's yeah. hard being a parent, isn't it?
2: It is. I mean, yeah, it's the hardest job out there. It, I mean, when you think about you're shaping and molding and giving guidance. Am I given the correct guidance? Yep. So when they grow up, they don't go astray. Um, and I just, I truly believe it is having that foundational word in them yeah. every single day. Um, it's praying with them and for them, praying even for their friends. Um, I, I've never prayed more now <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
2: than I ever have in my life, knowing, I mean, just in the last six months, it feels like 16 years has gone by and just, you know, praying for him constantly. Um,
0: It's funny, lately, Sunny's been talking a lot about how, you know, because we haven't been in church, mm -hmm. we've not been in church in person, and for a lot of people, like, that's the staple of their faith, where in fact, you know, the meeting at church is like, I don't like the celebration of your faith, or like the, I don't know, like the one time where you can surround yourself with other believers for a second, but your faith happens every other moment of your life. Mm Mm-hmm. So she's been talking a lot lately about, like, it's our homes that are sacred. There's nothing sacred about this pole building. I mean, it was, you know, it was a sporting goods store, right? And now it's just, it's walls and tape. And I mean, there's nothing, when this place is sacred, it's when it's full. It's never, it's not a sacred place when it's empty. I don't think anyway. And so she talks about how our homes need to be sacred and like how we need to be living out our church at home, And we need to make it not weird for our kids to see us pray and make it not weird for our kids to have us pray with them or over them or to, you know what I mean? Not to mm-hmm. them, that's not what I meant to say. But, you know, like we have to unweird that. Yeah. You know, that church is at home. And I feel like, you know, there's some people, certainly that that's an all the time thing, but I think there's a lot of people where prayer happens at church. Let Pastor yeah. Lori pray or let Pastor Dallas pray or let, you know, that I mean, that they're the people who pray. We don't need to pray because they're praying. And, like, we have to take the, our, the faith, We have to take our faith and our kids' faith out of the church's hands and take it into our own hands.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Church Without Borders, I I so love that concept because, I mean, we have to pray without ceasing all the time. I mean— when we're driving in the car. And God promises to be so close to us if we just call on Him. Yeah. I mean, He promises to be there with you if you're up in the middle of the night feeding your child. I've been there. Yeah. Or, you know, you've got that early morning meeting and it's stressful because you didn't get to put all your slides together yet. And not everyone in there is for your ideas and concepts. I mean, God promises to be right there with you or even if you're cleaning up you know barf on the floor (laughs) I've been there too you know the burp cloth over your your shoulder and you're trying to clean up I mean God is always there with you as if he were here with us if we were worshipping right here in these pews and I mean, he's with us always all we have to do is just call on him and ask him um, to be with us even if we're trying to connect with people even if you're trying to connect with your spouse Um, you know God promises to be there with you and it just feels like those those scriptures those that prayer time for me is so important now in the morning that if I don't get up talking to God it's just not going to be the best day I've ever had I mean it just it's part of my life this is it's not just a Sunday thing it's part of my life um and it always has been but even now more so than ever because I need God's guidance every day in everything I do. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. That's good. Good.
1: My dad, who I've told you many times, worked on the assembly line his whole adult life at Ford Motor Company. I don't think he ever really loved his job. I might be wrong, but I don't think my dad ever got up in the morning and was just stoked to be able to go and to polish pistons or inspect crankshafts. What he was doing is he was sowing a seed. He was making an investment that would be harvested in the lives of his kids to come. In that house, they raised me, a doctor, an engineer, and a project manager at one of the largest builders in the world.
2: Yeah, you know, Pastor Sean and I kind of grew up very similar. My, um, I always tease him and say, well, my dad worked at Chrysler. Huh. <laughs> That's awesome. For thirty I barely sorry, thirty six years. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I understand, you know, he didn't have the best job. Did he always get up happy to go to a job when it wasn't a career? Yeah. But it was the investment that he was making in our family and making sure that not only were we, you know, physically taken care of with, you know, our four walls, but making sure that he invested in us to go further than what he did. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he raised, to me, I mean, a great family that, you know, he can feel proud of. And so I think about the that seed, wow, and that foundation. <laughs> Making sure I'm still doing that to my for myself and my family and I know wisdom comes from God, so I have to always keep asking God for wisdom cuz you know, as you get older, you live life backwards kind of. You remember it backwards. Yeah. As you start getting older, so I I'm always asking God for that wisdom, because I, I do, I want my son to take it further than I have, and am I making that correct investment? Um, am I laying that seed in a way in which I'm training up a child that I know he will not stray when he's 21 years old in right. college, or you know, comes across someone who's not of the same faith as us or challenges them in a way and I tell them to this day since you were born I've been praying for your wife I don't know <laughs> if
0: she's gonna
2: be yet, but you know I've been praying for your wife and your family and your kids and you know I'm trying to raise I'm trying to raise a family not like you know some reality thing this yeah. is just, I'm trying to re- raise a family here um, so we can take this from generation to generation it's mean, this, this a generational thing so
0: yeah. I mean, it is no matter what, right? Like we, like we can choose what the cycle looks like. Mm-hmm. And so, cause it's, I mean, cause, cause on the flip side of that, you know, if there's like anger or mm-hmm. abuse or yep. uh, addictions, right? That can be just as generational.
2: Oh yeah. Generational curses, you know? Mm-hmm. And
0: so there should, I mean, there's totally generational blessing
2: then. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: And so. And even if, you, even if you feel like you're stuck in a generational curse, right? Like, my dad was always angry. And my dad always drank. So yeah, I'm just going to be. Right. Know. No one said that that's how it's got to be. No. Um, but I know that for me, like, I don't have like I'm not trying to say I've got a generational curse. But, like, I know that um, the things that I struggle with, there's no way that I could have gotten through them or out of them without Christ, without Jesus, like, enabling me to do it. 'Cause I tried to do it on my own and I couldn't. Yeah. You know, and as soon as, you know, Jesus was on my team, yeah. You know, then I'm like, oh
2: nice. Yeah.
0: You know, that's I can achieve that. Mm-hmm. So like anything good that I am, I feel like I'm good because that's who Jesus is in me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so then I wanna to, to your point, then I feel like I just wanna make sure that my kid knows that. Yeah. That even though he feels like he might have shortcomings like, God finishes all of it for us. God's the finisher for us. Mm-hmm. So if we feel like I can only get this so far, well, that's okay. You can still get to 100 because God will finish it. So even if you only got to 20 on this part, God still got 80 that he's going to finish it for you. <laughs> and if you get 90, God's got the last 10. Yeah. You know, God's got the last, you know? And I just feel like that's just been such a truth in my walk.
2: hmm
0: You know, that's good.
2: Yeah.
1: Nazareth was the dregs. These dudes came from the most unsavory, unfavorable part of the world. No one anywhere on earth thought favorably of the region that they came from. And yet the dudes who came from that region, they looked at Nazareth like Nazareth was the lowest of the low. How could something good possibly come come out of Nazareth. I mean the very spirit of Nazareth. Like I said, every city has a spirit and the spirit of Nazareth was a city that no one thought had potential. Mean, ugly, nasty, hateful, disrespectful people lived in Nazareth. I don't, I didn't
0: come from uh, an unseemly place. I don't know how to say that. Mm -hmm. I didn't come from trouble. You know, mm-hmm. I grew up in suburban Green Bay, mm-hmm. and as much as Green Bay can have a suburb. Mm-hmm. You know, where, you know, my dad worked a great job. My mom didn't have to work. I was mm-hmm. young just youngest six kids. We went on vacation every year. He had a new car every other year. Like, it was like that kind of life, right? Mm-hmm. So I didn't, it's not like I came from a Nazareth, but because I was like the last born, felt like I was the black sheep, felt like I was the ne'er-do-well, I felt like I created my own Nazareth. Mm-hmm. Like, in all my 20s and most of my 30s, I felt like I created my own Nazareth and so i i i was in this unseemly place i was in this ugly place where it didn't seem like anything good could come from it and then um and then uh i want you know i don't know how to the right way to say this cuz i'm not trying to disrespect god i don't know if like i found god again or he found me again uh one way or another i was a prodigal coming up over a hill and mm-hmm. god came to chase me down yeah you know
2: yeah
0: and um And then everything could change through him. Like, I was working this job where, you know, I was good at the job, but I was, like, I was was a bad dude, man. Like, I was was the funniest guy in the room every time. But it wasn't, like, sweet funny. It was, like, you know, filthy funny, Mm -hmm. you know? And that Mm -hmm. was the culture. And I was the king of that culture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after God ran and found me, you know, I was like, well, how do I, I mean, this is what <laughs> works expecting from me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how do you change that? And I struggled with it for a couple of weeks and then I got called into the office. You would be familiar with this, being an HR person. <laughs> Actually, the conference room, I got called in the conference room and they said that they were gonna fire me. Mm. And I said, why, why are you gonna fire me? And they're like, legally, we can't tell you. Yeah. Well, legally, don't you have to tell me? And so I was all super freaked out, and my tongue swelled up because I, didn't, I was nervous. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. And I was freaking out, but I knew I was good at my job or whatever, and I knew I could find a new job. And sure enough, I you think it was within a week, I found a new job. And I realized that, listen, you could totally reinvent yourself right now. None of the people at the new job know that you were filthy funny. None of the people that knew mm-hmm. at the new job that you could drink anyone under the table. No one at the new job knows that you smoked weed. or No one, no mm-hmm. one knows any of that. Mm-hmm. You could totally reinvent yourself. Yeah. And so when I think about, like, coming from an unseemly place or, like, coming out of, like, being broken or being fired, you know, I was like, and there was only, I mean, God was like, this is the way. Mm-hmm. Here's the way out of this, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that you can't. You're not strong enough right now. Just to stop being filthy funny, or stop being drinky, or weedy yeah. or whatever. That I get that. Yeah, and we do it for you.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah.
0: And so I feel like he does that, you know, in our lives. Yeah. When we, like when we find that we're out of sorts or we are, we're out of resources, that he he brings it.
1: Yeah. And and when Nathaniel said, "Can anything good come out of Nazareth?" Philip has the greatest response. This has quickly become one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. And Nathaniel said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, come and see. I love the fact that he didn't try to talk about doctrine. I love the fact that he didn't try to talk about theology or religious rules. He said, come and see.
2: I love that. I love that because not only does it resonate with my heart, but it tells me to open your eyes to see the image of God in all people. Mm. So if they look like what would probably be something different than you would expect, look for the image of God in all people because God created all of us. Yeah. <laughs> he created all of us. So as broken as we are, as Thugged out as some people may look, as trashy as other people have. Put all of that aside. Come see the goodness of that person and look through the image of God. Mm. And you will find goodness and every everyone's got good. As bad as this world can be, everyone's got some good in them. And yeah. just you know, I try to challenge myself to see that every day. And I learned so much. I mean, I've learned so much from just region to region as we've lived everywhere. I've learned so much about just so many different people. And Mm. I just think it's so important to just take the time to learn, explore, and see. It's just so important.
0: Yeah. I love that you said listen, because I feel like that's something we've not done. Like, I feel like we're just... I feel like our, our brains are... Uh, very efficient. And so what they'll do is they'll, they'll try to make simple categorizations or generalizations like, oh, this person's dressed like that, so this is what I'm going to assume about that person. So I can file this about that person. Or I can, And we never take the time to learn them or learn their story. We're just going to make this assumption because of how old you are or what you're wearing or where you're shopping or you Know what where you're working or your job or whatever. So, we could, so, I just want to know this one thing so that I can make a bunch of assumptions about that. Not taking the time to learn who you are, not seeing mm-hmm. you as the image of God. I'm going to see you in the image of whoever dresses like that, or whoever mm-hmm. shops like that, or whoever works like that. And our, our, our nature is to do that, you know. But like you said, we're all the image of God, mm-hmm. like, and so not. We're and God's not one thing. You know what I mean? Like we we want we want God to be just like us. Oh, I'm the image of God, so God must be. And so yeah, sure. But He's also like that guy, yeah, or that woman, or that you know. So in China or in yeah, you know Kenya or in you know wherever. Yeah, they're all right. So they're they're all. Sometimes we just want God all to ourselves Mm -hmm. or to our kind. Yep. You know, sometimes I get mad in our current climate where it's just so divisive. And so if you. Support one thing or another thing. Like we just we want it to be that way. Yeah. And so and, and God's like, listen, I'm not.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know
0: I yeah okay. God bless America. Sure. Okay. I mean yeah, yeah. That's sweet. But listen. But I'm not. You know, like my thing wasn't even. I mean, I mean like the first people, like they weren't even from here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know they didn't look like pilgrims. <clears throat> but like we just I don't know like we just we want to we want to control God. We want to like be able to put him in a container and say that he's ours. We march him up before us and say, we've got God, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like where God's like, ah, oh, I'm so much bigger than that. Yeah. You know, and like, I just, I hate where the world's at right now. I like, I'm, you know, I'm in my fifties. I just, I don't remember a time like this ever. No,
2: I don't think anyone can. And it's hard, you know, I think as we start undiscovering some of our own biases, Cause we all have them. Yeah. We just have to stop and really look through again, that lens of God and say, okay. And kids to me are some of the best because they just blurt it out. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I remember when my son was what two or three years old, we were living in Boston at the time and he went to a school that was mainly um, Portuguese. And mm. so a lot of the, the people there were speaking, um, different languages and he said mommy they, they sound funny <laughs> well it's not what we want to say yeah. but I said no they're speaking a different language and that language that they're speaking you know they're speaking um, they're from Brazil sorry I meant to say they're Brazilian that they were, they were right. speaking Portuguese um, you know but let's take the time and go to a restaurant and explore some foods and get to learn this culture and really get to you know understand who they are and Boy, I mean, we have some of the share some similar shared experiences, and yeah. we can borrow from each other. And before I knew it, my son's speaking Spanish, and he's been oh, ever awesome. since. So, I mean, it's great um, that you know he kind of got that immersion early in life. But yeah. it helped me to stop and check my bias right there and say, right. you know, here's an opportunity to learn and grow. Right and. Yeah, just because someone's different than me doesn't mean difference wrong or bad. Right, that's it, one hundred percent. It just means it's different, and even if they have one arm shorter than the other, it doesn't mm. mean there's something wrong with them right. either.
0: Right.
2: It just simply means that they're different, and God still created them. So it gives me a chance to really connect and learn about them. And boy, what a wonderful experience when you get to. Learn about a different culture or yep. a different person and wasn't there a song many years ago? I was trying to remember what the song was. It was is if God was one of us. Oh yeah. yeah. What was her name? She was I can't here. remember. She
0: kind of have like dreadnoughts. You have to Google it.
2: <laughs> yeah. it Osborne? Yes, that's it.
0: Yeah, what if God was like just a slob like one of us.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's it. Just a stranger on a bus. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, yeah, that's totally it. Yeah, You know, actually, it's funny you say that because that was like the beginning of something for me where God stopped being like an icon and started becoming like, oh, no, wait a second, though. You know what I mean? Like, he's not an icon. He's not right. in golden robes. Right. With, you know, blue eyes. And like, it's not it at all.
2: Yeah. You know,
0: and like, that was the start of it for me, actually. It's funny that you brought that. up.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> when I was born. I mean, yeah. she was cute. But I mean, besides being yeah, no. cute, she's a good song. Anyway, Absolutely. well, that's it. We've gone through all well, the bits thank already. Thank you. No,
2: thanks for inviting me. I'd thanks love for having you came me. Sometimes. Yeah, be please.
0: Yeah, I'd love that a lot. Listen, if you enjoyed uh, this podcast, please share it with someone that you feel like uh, could be uh, could benefit from hearing the words or being encouraged. Because really, that's what we're all about. It's just making Jesus realer for everybody. And so, Tia, thanks again once for Thank being you. here. Um, and uh, we'll see you next time on Chew On That.